0: Fantastic. How good was it to hear about what Compassion is doing? And I can't speak highly enough of the integrity of this organisation. Myself and Jacob were blown away when we went on the trip and just witnessed firsthand and spent time with the families and sat in, in their huts and, and But also just the um, opportunity they get to meet Jesus Christ is incredible. Uh, we're going to... Uh, I've got to organise it still and make the transfer. I should have done it this week, but um, get $1,000 over to the three villages that we support. So we're going to do this week coming, so we're able to give $1,000. And I know that might not sound much like here in Australia, uh, but it will go a long way, I'm sure, uh, to the people that will receive it, the projects over there. Uh, A few of us women went to a women's conference yesterday. Uh, Any hardcore ones that backed it up with a service today. We had an incredible time. God moved and uh, touched our hearts. And it was just so awesome just to gather uh, with the women and worship our King. Um, Also, did anyone watch the Derby? Not that I'm a Docker fan, uh, but Jacob's an eagle, so it's worth mentioning. Uh, Docker's won, so praise Jesus. A shout in the house. Praise God. Welcome to our online viewers as well. Uh, thanks for joining us. Now the title of my message is The Upside Down Life. The Upside Down Life. Uh, And I really believe that God has a word for us this morning. God has a word for us this morning. He wants to set people free in certain areas. You know God wants breakthrough for your life. He wants to see breakthrough in your life. He wants us to live the abundant life doesn't he he wants us to step into that wide open space that he has for us and you know before i was a christian i just prided myself uh, on thinking that i knew how things worked and operated in this world i thought i was so clever i thought i was so smart you know to get ahead you need to look out for yourself don't trust anyone if you want it done do it yourself Don't expect too much and you won't be disappointed. Anyone lived by that one before? Be independent. Fight for what is yours. Don't let people get too close to you. Don't show your weakness. Don't be vulnerable. I thought I knew how things worked. And then I got saved and I started to read my Bible down at Adult and Teen Challenge in my little room and and trying to uh, get off drugs and alcohol and and, uh, be set free. And I just read. I just couldn't believe it when I got saved, just the words of the page came alive. And I couldn't get enough of my Bible. But as I began to read it, uh, particularly Proverbs, uh, I began to realise fairly quickly that it's not how God's kingdom works. How I thought was not how God's kingdom works. In fact, it dawned on me that everything in the Bible, everything the Bible was saying was upside down to the life that I had lived, to what I had originally thought. The world says take, God says give. The world says be independent, God says be dependent on me and one another. We're called to be dependent on one another. The, the world says fight, God says be a peacemaker. The world says climb your way to the top, God says be a servant to all. The world says if it feels good, do it. If it feels good, do it. God says die to self, kill the flesh, die flesh, die. The world says, protect your own life. God says, lay it down so you may find true life. Amen? It's opposite. The upside down life, it blew my mind. What's going on here? The world says, take care of yourself. God says, take care of others. And so I had lived a certain way. Uh, up until a particular age, till 24 I think was when I went into uh, the program and got saved. So 24 years of age and, and, and now I had to make a shift. I had to make a shift and, and, and retrain my brain. And I had to begin to think differently and behave differently and act differently. And the struggle was real. The struggle was real. And it continues to be at times. Because it knocks against some serious mindsets, secular mindsets, stubborn mindsets, willful mindsets and it's knocking up against, that's what it sounded like, (laughs) it was knocking up against these rebellious mindsets and I know I'm not the only one, at least I hope not, we all struggle with it between the way we think and between the way God thinks, between the world system and between God's system. You know, the world encourages a certain way of thinking, a certain way of being, a certain way of doing, the internet, media, uh, people we talk to. And do you know what? Even well-meaning family members. My dad was like, he was an amazing guy. He's not with us anymore. What are you going to go to church for? What are you reading your Bible all the time for? What are you doing? Even well-meaning family members. And we begin to have this struggle back and forth between the world's way And God's way and sometimes we try God's way and we don't see results quick enough it's not happening fast enough and so we take matters back into our own hands and we begin to do it the world's way again we think we know better or perhaps it's just me we think we know better and we struggle and struggle and spin our wheels and wonder why it's not happening why we can't get ahead why we haven't found our life partner yet? Why our finances are still a mess? Why we're not getting breakthrough? Why? Why, oh God, why? Jesus, please answer me, why? And we say things like, when I've got it all together, then I'll go to church. When I've got a bigger income or or, or when I um, pay off my debts, then I'll start tithing. When I find my life partner then I may just settle into God's ways. I just got to go find him or her out in the world first and then I'll settle into God's ways. When God does this, then I will do that. But God says it doesn't work like that. That's what he told me. It doesn't work like that. God says there is breakthrough in our obedience. There is breakthrough in our obedience. And God says you go first. You go first. We say to God, you go first. He says, nah, you go first. God says, when you do this, then I'll do that. But we want it the other way around. Or maybe it's just me again. Perhaps. It's the upside down life back to front. And it challenges our thinking. It challenges our mindsets. It challenges us. And so, there's two points that I want to cover this morning in regards to this upside down life. Point number one the upside down life does not always make sense. If you pride yourself on common sense, then this will certainly throw you. Anyone pride themselves on common sense? It's just common sense, Jacob. (laughs) Common sense. Anyone pride themselves on common sense? This will throw you because the upside down life doesn't always make sense. And I want to take us to the Bible because it's a good thing to do when you're preaching uh, up front in a church is go to the Bible, right? Angela's like, Mel, I'm not sure if you've got any scriptures in here. I had to search through my notes to find them, but we found some. But I want to take us to a guy in the Bible in the Old Testament named named Naaman. Named Naaman, well-respected guy, Uh, a commander of a large army, Uh, great reputation, all-powerful, but he has leprosy and he wants to get healed. So he visits Elisha's house, who's a man of God, a great prophet, and we pick up the story in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 9. I feel like I'm speaking really fast. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to, to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of leprosy. Are not Abana and Fafah, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. He's not just angry, he's in a rage. Anyone experience rage? rage anyway Naaman's uh, servants went to him and said my father if the prophet had told you to do some great thing would you have not have done it how much more then when he tells you wash and be cleansed so he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him and his flesh was restored and he became clean like that of a young boy and so We see here from scripture that Naaman had his own idea of how healing would take place. And when Elisha didn't come out and wave his hand uh, so that he could be healed instantly, he was angry. And when Naaman heard that he had to wash in the Jordan River, the small, dirty Jordan River, and, and, and not the great rivers of Damascus, he was even more angry. It made no sense to him. It made no sense. Yet Naaman had to humble himself and be obedient in order to get his breakthrough. He had to humble himself and be obedient in order to get his breakthrough. There were steps that he needed to take. There were instructions that he needed to follow. And when none of it makes sense, it takes humility to follow the instructions of God. It's so key. It takes humility to follow the instructions of God when it doesn't make sense. And so Naaman had to humble himself. He had to do something that he considered beneath him. He wanted to to bathe in the great rivers of Damascus, not the Jordan River. But he had to do something that he considered beneath him in order to get his breakthrough. Could God have got Elisha to wave his hand over Naaman and heal him instantly? Of course he could. He most definitely could. I mean, it's the God of impossible. Anything is possible for him. But he chose not to because a lot of the time it's not about the result. It's not about the answer. It's about the journey and it's about the process. Amen? God was obviously using this opportunity. He didn't bring the sickness to Naaman, but he was using this opportunity, this circumstance, this thing that he was going through to work in Naaman's heart to deal with areas of pride. And we all have those areas in our heart, right? These areas, whether it's pride or fear or whatever it may be. And God was using it to work in Naaman's heart. And he does the same with us. He works in our hearts, he develops our character, he sets us free in certain areas because we want to set free, be set free, don't we? We want to be whole, we want to walk in wholeness and freedom and healing, don't we? But sometimes it doesn't happen instantly. It's a process. And we have to be open to what God's doing in our hearts in the journey, in the process. It's so key. But at times we're so focused on the result, well I am anyway. I'm like, can we just get there already? I don't care about my hard heart and about this and about that. Just let's get to the result. But God's like, no way. Because he cares for us. He cares for me. He cares for you. And so it's the journey. It's the process. And so we're so focused on the result at times that that we're not listening to God's instructions. And sometimes he speaks in a still, small voice. And sometimes it's just a simple thing, just a little tweak but we're not listening, we can't hear because we're so focused on just getting to where we want to be, whatever that thing is for you, I don't know, whether it's relationships or, or wealth or whatever, a dream or a promise, whatever it may be for you. We're so focused on that that we miss uh, what God's trying to do in our hearts and in the process, so key. We miss it comp- and we wonder why we're spinning our wheels. Why are my wheels spinning? Naaman would have missed out on his breakthrough, on his healing, if he insisted on having his own way. He would have missed it. God was ready to heal, but God's way. God's not someone you can kind of like, you know, sometimes you, you've you been in the world long enough, you think, I know how to manipulate, I know how to work things, I know how things work. Particularly if you come from a background that myself and Jacob have come from, you know how to work things. God's not into that. You go up, up a fight against God, who's going to win? How many times do we get annoyed at God when he doesn't do what we want, how we want, when we want, at the right moment we want? How many times? It takes humility to do it God's way. But there is breakthrough in our obedience. There is breakthrough in our obedience. The upside down life doesn't always make sense. But it takes humility to do it God's way. And there is breakthrough in our obedience. Another story in the Bible, this time in the New Testament, uh, when Jesus turned water to wine, his very first miracle, when Jesus turned water to wine. And and so Jesus was at a wedding with his mum and they ran out of wine. And so his mum said to him, I want you to fix this issue. We have no wine. We need to fix the issue. So we pick up the story in John chapter 2, verse 6. Now there were six stone water pots standing nearby. They were meant to be used for the Jewish washing rituals. Each one held about 20 gallons or more. Jesus came to the servers and told them, fill the pots with water right up to the very brim. Then he said, now fill your pitchers and take them to the master of ceremonies. And when they poured out their pitcher for the master of ceremonies to sample, the water became wine. And when he tasted the water that became wine, the master of ceremonies was impressed. Although he didn't know where the wine had come from, but the servers knew. So what's so incredible uh, with this is that this was Jesus' first miracle, yet it took obedience by others for the miracle to come to pass. I mean, we're talking about Jesus. But it took obedience by others for the miracle to come to pass. For the breakthrough to take place, it took the obedience of the servers, correct? Very specific instructions. Very uh, simple. It took them following these instructions. Very simple instructions. Instructions that didn't even make sense. Instructions that could have made them look like fools. I mean, think about this story. First, they had to fill the ceremonial pots with water. That's a little bit weird. I thought we were solving the issue of no wine, not going through some sort of cleansing ritual. Strange, but okay, let's do that. Servers were obedient. Then Jesus asked them to fill the pitchers with water from the pots and take them to the master of ceremonies, the MC, the guy who is overseeing the whole wedding. And you can imagine what the servers are thinking. Think about it. They're... they're, you have to remember that the water didn't become wine until literally it's getting poured out. So in essence, they're taking <laughs> they're taking water to the MC. Can you imagine it's like what's going on here? It makes no sense. yet they obeyed and a miracle took place. Breakthrough comes in our obedience. Can God do it? Yes, but he he calls us to partner with him to be obedient in the process. Jesus' first miracle was rely on, on other people's obedience. And sometimes we're waiting on a breakthrough, but God's waiting on us. Wow. <laughs> we're just like, when, God, how, when, what? It's like, he's just, he's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to take our next step, to follow what sometimes is just a simple instruction. Sometimes it's just so simple that we miss it. Because we're so focused on wherever we want to head or whatever it is that we want. He, he wants us just to an, uh, apply a biblical principle. If you want to know what the principles are, read the Bible. It's God's kingdom. It's God's way. They're all in there. But there's no good just being in there if we don't inter- interact with it, if we don't apply it, if we don't uh, be obedient to it. There's obedience. There's breakthrough in our obedience. And the funny thing is, or the annoying thing is, is that God's got all day doesn't he? We don't, but he does. He's got all day. And some of us are standing here still saying, uh, you go first. And he's saying, no, you. We're waiting on our breakthrough and he's waiting on us. We're saying, come on, God, you go. And he's like, no, you go. You go first. You take your step. The upside down life does not always follow a clear pathway either. You just ask Joseph, the son of Jacob. In Genesis chapter 37, God gave Joseph a dream that he was to be ruler over the people, including his own family. And, uh, but in the very same chapter, so this is just in the same chapter, he finds himself being thrown into a pit. In the very same chapter. So he gets given a dream. He's going to rule over his family and and all the people. But in the very same chapter, he gets thrown into a pit and then he's sold by his brothers as a slave. I'm sure God, uh, I'm sure Joseph questioned God. I'm sure, I'm sure he was thinking this doesn't make sense. God definitely gave me a dream. You ever hear from God so clearly? God's spoken, but it doesn't seem like you're on that clear pathway. And I'm sure Joseph would have dealt with feelings of anger, doubt, confusion, loneliness. What is happening here? And we've all been there where we begin to question God's goodness. Is this Christian life even worth it? Do God's principles even work? Like what is going on here? I gave up my one lifestyle for what? This? What is happening here? I'm sure we've all had those times and those moments is there any point in going on so eventually joseph finds himself in the household of an egyptian master potiphar and the bible says that joseph prospered and was given success in everything he did Uh, and i expect joseph was probably thinking this is a lot closer to my dream now this seems a little bit better I'm beginning to prosper now. I'm beginning to get some success. So I'm feeling a little bit closer to my dream. But again, in the very same chapter, Potiphar's wife accuses him of rape. He didn't do it, but he gets thrown in prison anyway. What? He just got a little bit closer to his dream. And one minute, next minute, he's a little bit further away. What is happening here? It doesn't make sense. And then through a series of circumstances, Joseph gets out of prison and gets put in charge of all of Egypt. Won't go into all of what happened there, but he eventually gets out of prison. And then this is where we begin to see the greater plan of God. This is when we begin to see the greater purpose. This is where we begin to see uh, things start to come together and start to make a little bit of sense. This is when we begin to see God's great plan revealed. But he had to go through that journey and that process over many, many years. Genesis, and I have no idea what, where because I got it wrong, but anyway, it's going to be on the screen. Uh, and then his brothers come to him because there was a famine in the land bowing down to him and he was able to provide them with food and land, ultimately saving his family and a part of God's bigger plan of establishing the nation of Israel and for the coming of Jesus Christ. God's plan's revealed right there. How absolutely incredible. God was uh, working on something amazing behind the scenes. And Joseph, praise God for Joseph, imagine if he had given up. Imagine if he had allowed his anger or his self-pity or his confusion just to consume him in the process, in the journey. Imagine that. God was working on something, wasn't he? It was revealed eventually. Imagine if Joseph gave up. Imagine if he just spent his time asking the question, why? Sometimes we can spend all our time just asking the question, why? And I don't think Joseph did that. He seemed just to get on with it, didn't he? Whatever situation or circumstance he found himself in, he just got on with it. He made the best of whatever, uh, wherever he was. And I believe he, and not I believe, but the Bible says he knew God was with him. He was able to do that because he knew God was with him. In fact, it says a number of times in Genesis 39, verse 2, it says, The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. Verse 21, but while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. Verse 23, the warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with him and Joseph knew it. He knew it and he trusted his God. He had a rock solid relationship with his God. And that's why he was able to to not spend just time, you know, okay, maybe ask it once, but just surrender. Surrender. Allow God to do whatever it is he wants to do in the process, in the journey. And because of this, Joseph knew even when things didn't make sense or the pathway wasn't clear or he seemed to be getting further and further away from his dream, he knew that God was with him. He knew that he could trust him. He knew that his God was trustworthy. He knew that God had a plan. Joseph trusted his God. He trusted him. And he was able to trust him is because he had a relationship with him. Which brings me to my second point, not point number two. The upside down life is a, is a life of trust and surrender. It's a life of trust and surrender. And you know, trust is a big word, isn't it? <laughs> For many of us. It's something that the world doesn't necessarily promote. Uh, and we've all struggled with trust issues, I'm sure. At some stage or another, and for good reason, whether it's from our childhood, we've been hurt by people in our lives, by a husband, by a wife, betrayed by a best friend, mother, father, whatever it may be. Leadership in church, within our workplaces, where you've been hurt and you find it difficult to trust. But it's so important and so we cannot compare people and God in the area of trust. We can't put them in the one basket. We cannot allow these hurts and issues with trust affect our relationship with God. We just can't. And it comes down to knowing the character of God, His character, knowing that He is good and that He has good things for you. He has good things for me. He is a good God, that He is trustworthy. And if there is anyone in the world that you can trust it is him you know and with all my trust issues you know I had a lot of stuff to work through still do even it was to the point where I trust someone a person because I trust God and I'm not saying that we should only trust God and not people because that doesn't get us very far in life does it because the Bible the world says, "Take care of yourself or be independent," but God says, "Be dependent on me and one another." And to be dependent on one another, that takes trust. And so we have to work on this area of trust, trusting God and trusting people, just in your own very relationship, if you're in a relationship, it's so key, it's so important that we work through these issues of trust and allow God to heal our heart. Allow him to come into that space where you have been hurt and ask him to heal your heart. I just remember one time just as I was working through this and, 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 and it was sort of symbolic. I was in my room. I think I was a staff member at the time at Adult and Teen Challenge and, and I was dealing with this area and, and, and I thought to myself, as I step out this door, I'm choosing to pull down the walls that i put around my heart and I'm choosing to trust God to protect me, from, um, protect me emotionally from this point forward. And it was a step and a decision that I had to take. And, so, and, and, and it didn't happen automatically, of course not. But, but it, was a, it starts with a choice. Yeah. It was a decision that I had to make. You know, there came a time when I had to uh, choose to trust Jacob Otherwise, our relationship was going nowhere. You just can't have a relationship, you know, if you don't make that choice to trust the person that you're married to. So at some point, I had to make that decision. And it's the same with God. If you're struggling in this area with God in regards to trust, at some point, you have to make the decision, God, I choose to trust you. Otherwise, where is this relationship with God going? It's you just trying to drag God along On your little journey, and again it doesn't work like that. It can't. It's not how it works. And so it's trusting him in our relationships, in our life, in our finances, with our dreams, and our hearts' desires. And we all have hearts desires, don't we? And we place them before God. We give them to him. And 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 it's not, it's 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 also doing that without having to have all the answers. Sometimes I just want all the answers. Give them to me so I can line my ducks up in a row and it gives me some sort of sense of control. So I demand, and it's something I've struggled with, I've demanded answers because I need to know. But God's saying it doesn't work like that. We don't always get the answers we're seeking in God's kingdom. We don't. And we have to be okay with that. We have to be okay with that. We have to release that and let it go. We have to come to a place of acceptance. Otherwise, we will live a frustrated life. And I've struggled with this. But this is where faith comes in. It's where faith comes in. The team can come, please, as we finish. This is where faith comes in. And so this morning, if if this is an area where God's been working on your heart this morning... God wants you to let it go. God wants you to invite him into your heart and ask him to heal those areas. God wants you to trust him and to surrender. Surrender. Who loves that word? It's a good word in God. To not insist on sticking to a plan that's not working. Does anyone do that? Insist on sticking to their plan and it's not even working. Why do we do that? Or is it just me? (laughs) This morning, God wants you to choose his way and not the world's. This morning, God wants you to choose his way and not what well-meaning family members say, with every good intention. But they say stuff that does not line up with what God is saying to you. And because they're our family members and we love them, I don't know, we want to maybe please them or do what they're saying, but what God says has the higher authority, right? It has to. Amen. Me and my dad had to agree to disagree. I'm sorry I called him Papa because he's Italian and I'm half Sicilian, but this is, this is what I know now. I had an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ and I can't help but read my Bible. I can't help but pray. I can't help but go to church and be in the presence of God. I can't help but do that. Because this is the life that I'm called to. This is the life that I'm called to. And so I got a little bit like this on him and he's like, he wasn't a feelings type guy. He's like, okay, okay. (laughs) We'll agree to disagree, yeah? When we don't get that promotion we want, that vision or promise that God gave you, it's not happening or that relationship you thought was was going to work out and it didn't or that job you really wanted and didn't get. Sometimes God has other plans for you, novel thought or idea. And if he has another plan, you've got to know it's a greater plan. Amen? Amen. Guaranteed it's a greater plan because his plans are better than our plans and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Amen? Amen? Amen. And it takes humility to trust God when things don't make sense. It takes humility to lay down our pride. I had to to write letters from Esperance and apologise to people. I'm sorry. I led you the wrong way. Forget everything I just said in my past. I now know God's way. I wrote letters and said I'm sorry. And I added some scripture. We need to be committed to retraining our brain, capturing our thoughts. I've been speaking a lot about this because it's so key. Taking every thought captive so that we act differently, respond differently, behave differently. It's the upside down world. It's the upside down life. Stop telling God, you go first. Stop it. You go first. Step out when it doesn't make sense start tithing do something like start tithing when your finances are struggling or even if they're healthy. If you're broke tithe watch God watch God and I'm not saying this because I'm trying to get your money and we need money for the church and I'm a pastor I'm this is what I've lived by. Yeah. Yeah. This is a biblical principle. So it's not about trying to get your money. If you're broke tithe, watch God move yeah. if your finances are increasing, increase your tithe. Watch God move. And I'll tell you what, you might it's not even connected to finance. He wants to do something over here. Yeah. And you're wondering, why can't I get breakthrough here? Because he's saying, I've asked you to do this, but you refuse to do it. But God wants to give you breakthrough. There's a obedience in our breakthrough. There's breakthrough in our obedience. Let's get that right. Step out when you feel afraid. Keep doing what God has asked you to do. For some of us, we... We, um, we're like, but I, I feel like I do all that. I feel like I'm doing everything that I'm meant to be doing. Then just stand and know that God is with you, like Joseph. Think about Joseph and just know that he is with you. And something I've discovered, I am seriously wrapping up now. Malcolm said to me when I, Pastor Malcolm, I refuse to get up and speak anywhere. He used to ask me all the time. I said, I only do one-on-ones, I don't public speak. And I never say never to God, by the way. And he said to me, this is about 15, 20 years ago, he said, Mel, one day you'll be up speaking, we won't be able to shut you up. (laughs) I think the day's come. But something I've discovered as I've continued on in this journey is that this life with God isn't really upside down at all. In fact, it's the right way up. It's the only way. It's His way. And the Bible says... And this is something that I try and live by. I don't, oh, I don't think the majority of the time I might not get it right. <laughs> but is walk humbly and do what is right. Walk humbly and do what is right. Remember I was really struggling at one point trying to decide what direction to go in. I'm like, Jesus, help me. And this is all he gave me. It's a scripture. And he just said to me, walk humbly and do what is right. And I guess that's what I've just been trying to do. And that's it. The right way up. His way. The only way. Amen? Amen. If you close your eyes, we'll just pray. Lord, I just thank you for who you are, Father God. I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you for your way. I thank you for your plans. I thank you that you are with us, Lord God no matter what circumstance or journey or process or whatever it is that we're in or at or whatever, that you are with us just like you're with Joseph. And I pray, Lord, with those areas where we struggle to let go, I pray for every single person here right now. I pray, Lord God, that you would just help us to trust you in that area, that we would step out in that area, that we would surrender in that area and today we give it to you we let it go we release it and we trust you with it i pray that you'd heal hearts lord where there's been brokenness where there's been uh just betrayal i pray you come and touch those places lord god that you'd heal those areas of our heart lord have your way in our lives lord god Today we choose to go first. (laughs) Today we stop saying you go first, as in you, God, but today we go first. We take that step. Have your way in our lives, Lord. And just with every head bowed, I just want to give people that are watching online or in the room an opportunity to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the first step god says i've done it all for you (laughs) i sent my one and only son but i need you to uh to take that step and enter into that relationship perhaps you've been far away from god and you want to recommit this morning and so we're going to pray a prayer all together as a church and if that's you just mean it and believe it with all your heart church if you follow after me god i thank you that you sent your only son to die on a cross for me. me. I ask that you forgive my sins. sins. Wash me clean. clean. And today I choose to live for you. you. Amen. Amen. Just with our heads bowed, if you, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, if you made a recommitment, why don't you put your hand up in the air? We'd love to pray for you. And if there's anyone online, if you... Uh, type it in the comments and we'll reach out to you. would love to get some resources to you. Congratulations, by the way, if you're watching this later. Best decision of your life. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet and the team are going to lead us in a song.